Welcome to the podcast that's red, box, but isn't the chicken. It's the Red and Bocker Podcast. I'm your captain, Matt Murphy, joined as always by Commander Ben Borwell. How's it going, Ben? <laughs> it's going well, Matt. How are you doing today, dude? Uh, I'm doing really well because we've got something really special here today. We've actually got an interview with uh, David Cabeza, the artist on the upcoming Warville comic, and I'm super excited to talk about it. Likewise. Let's jump into it. Yeah, uh, before we start, if you guys want to check out David Cabeza's work, check him out on Twitter at Kishinorai. That's K-A-S-H-I-N-O-R-E-I. And we'll have a link in the description for his uh, his Twitter. Absolutely. Make sure to go check out his other work. He's got a, he's got a website there you can look at, um, some, some cool artwork that he's done recently. And yeah, share the love, yeah? Yeah, the Deviant page is attached to his Twitter, so uh, that's an easy one-stop place to find all his stuff. It's a one-stop shop. Let's dive into the interview. All right. So, like we've said, we've had the pleasure to um, be in contact and ask him a few questions. Um, He didn't want to come on for an audio uh, interview. He preferred to do it over text. And so we're going to be, we'll be reading uh, our questions and his responses. Um, So, yeah, without further ado, uh, let's get this ship sailing. Yeah, each of us uh, is going to read our own question that we asked, that we came up with. So you get more of a feel for what we were thinking in our interview. Absolutely. Um, So, Um, (laughs) do-do-do-do. Yeah, no transmission, but do-do-do-do-do anyway. Uh, Okay, so the first question I asked was, as an illustrator who's been drawing since childhood, is there anyone that you've taken inspiration from? If so, who would it be? Um, So he replied... So many of them, too many to list. Uh, I think Josie Luis Garcia Lopez is my favorite comic book artist of all time, but I think he has had little influence on my drawing manners. Uh, the last few years, I've been liking a lot of Frank Cho, Yannick uh, Paquette, Brian Stelfreeze, and Chris Sprouse. From them, I tried to grab some bits here and there. Then there's a big influence from manga and anime. I, in fact, started loving comics and animation because of anime and manga. I could name... I may not pronounce this correctly. Katsuhiro Otomo. There you go. Akira Toriyama and Shingo Araki as some of the few that have impacted me the most. For the comic books uh, relating to the Orville in particular, I can identify with some things from the European comics I read in my childhood. He didn't specify which European comic books... I don't no, believe. Yeah, no, he didn't. But that's cool. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot to chew on as far as his influences. But it's really interesting to see who his influences are. Uh, Frank Show, uh, I'm, I've heard of his name before. He's pretty big, and uh, of course Akira Toriyama. I wouldn't be the person I am today without Dragon Ball Z. And uh, Akira Toriyama's art can be seen in both video games and comics, uh, manga, and all around the world. So it's pretty impressive to see the reach of his artwork. So not a bad person to get influence from for sure. Yeah, I'm not familiar with a lot of these artists. Uh, it's it's quite funny because I asked this question, but I, I actually don't read a lot of comic books, unfortunately. Um, but you're right. He's drawing inspiration from at least seven or eight different artists here. And I mean, if you guys have seen, which I'm sure you have, um, seen the kind of teasers for the comic book, the, the art style is, is absolutely gorgeous. And I might have to go back and look at some of these different artists to see where his style's coming from in bits and pieces. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, It's cool because getting to know the artist that draws the book, you learn a lot of their inspiration, and it'll be cool. I've never interviewed an artist running comic book before, so that's going to give us and the listeners like an extra kind of fourth-wall details when we're reading the book that I think will increase our love of it, which I think leads into our next question. Why don't you take it away, then? Ben kind of came up with this idea, and I kind of spiced it up with some of our own influences. But I said, um, 
we found that podcasting about the Orville has made us love the show even more. Has drawing the comic uh, made you appreciate the show more? And he says, sure, I like the TV series, but I like and appreciate it more now. And the appreciation and love grows with every issue I draw. And it's hard not to love the the weirdest ship in the. This is this is me talking now. It's hard <laughs> not to love the uh, weirdest ship in the fleet. When I mean, you're spending hours drawing like Gordon and Ed and stuff like that. It's hard not to grow attached to these characters even more. I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, us as obviously viewers and and podcasters about this. Yeah, you watch the show. You love the characters. You love like the silly turn of events that they find themselves in all the time. But then when it comes to podcasting about it, you really are much more like deeply involved with the characters like you're thinking um you know why would they be doing this like how do they feel like how are they interacting with other people uh, it just really brings some things that as a viewer you might not really think about in in such detail um so i can only imagine what it must be like sitting in the studio doing you know like sketches doing further revisions uh and just staring at these faces and really thinking about you know like how am I going to portray happiness? How am I going to portray and going back to the episodes, perhaps? I mean, I'm not sure how he does his um, actual like breakdown process of it all. But but I'm going to say, you know, he probably watches quite a bit of the show to mm-hmm. really model these people or, or just has like headshots of them or whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I, I know if I was staring, uh, <laughs> staring at these people for, you know, a few hours doing different, you know, uh, different angles and different mm-hmm. like poses and things like that. You know, you'd get like an appreciation for their body language. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think it's really neat. No, and it'd be like me playing Tetris when like I play a lot of it and I'm like close my eyes and I can see the blocks dropping, like drawing those faces so many times. I'm sure that, you know, he could do it with his eyes closed, like blindfolded at this point. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. Which leads us to the next question. Not Tetris. Sorry, guys. Um, um, it, it says that he went to school for fine arts. So. So we saw that you went to school for fine arts and majored in painting. So what brought you back to drawing? To which you replied, well, there is a difference between fine painting and drawing comics, but at the same time, drawing is common to both. So there's really not a comeback. Making a living in art is difficult. You need more ability as a public relations kind of person than talent in, in many cases. I'm not very good at that, I guess. So drawing comics was something that, I, that was in my mind since a teenager, but I thought it would be so difficult to do. And I can assure you, it is even more than expected. Um, painting just seemed easier, but of course, it's not. So it, it's interesting because, yeah, I suppose like I, I don't paint myself. Like I, I, I do appreciate art, and I like doing art. Most of the art that I do is is actually collage work. Um, so it's it's very very different. Um, but obviously, as a painter, yeah, like you are sketching out things very lightly to give yourself kind of borders of where your paint's going and. So I, I guess that's something I completely overlooked, um, being someone with little to no experience in painting. Um, so I think it's an interesting compromise. You know, he went for he went for fine painting, um, majored in that. But uh, I guess it, it doesn't at all take away from his original passion, which which would have been drawing. Yeah, I, and he also touched on elements of uh, just getting your art out there. You have to really market yourself, and that's a tough part of being an artist. Sometimes it's not enough just to have the best work. Sometimes it'll go, you know, unloved and stuff like that. You look at uh, through the podcast, we've met a couple artists now. We've met, uh, we've talked to Sci-Fi Painter a lot. And he's got some really amazing artwork, but uh, I feel like he's criminally underrated and, and has way less followers than he should have with the, the kind of art he produces. So you really do have to market yourself out there. And that that's something that people often forget. Absolutely. And that being said, you guys should go check out the Sci-Fi Painter on Instagram. 
Mm-hmm. Guy is uh, he posts quite frequently, and, and he really does like excellent, excellent work. I know it brings a smile to my face each and every time I see. Yeah, he's got a YouTube channel himself, and he he shows off his work. He does some time lapse stuff, which is really great. But anyways, focusing on one RS at a time here. Uh, <laughs> this is a, another question of yours. I think you asked. So uh, I asked him. So you've you say you've been working for a smaller studio for approximately thirteen years. What studio is this, and how does working for it compare to working for your current studios? To which he replies, "That is very little advertising design studio from my hometown. I dedicated thirteen years of my life to help it grow, unfortunately without success. The last world economic crisis occurred during that period of time, so it made things quite difficult. My bosses weren't good at business. We barely made a living working there. I did a lot of programming animation work in Adobe Flash." That's uh, the only kind of work that I liked during that time. When my first child arrived, I thought that it was about time for a change, so I decided to try to be a comic book artist instead. Take that decision wasn't easy, believe me. I have to thank my wife and family for their support. But here we are. Back to the question. The main difference compared to working here and there is solitude. There's an isolation feeling while being alone in front of your drawing board or computer. That's interesting. I, I never really thought about that. And I'm, I'm really thankful that he made the leap to drawing comics because uh, the artwork is pretty immaculate. I'm loving it. So I'm glad that he's found some success and I hope that uh, it only leads to bigger and better things for him. Yeah. I mean, working for any small business, uh, if you're directly involved in it, like you want to see it grow, you want to see it take off. But like, unfortunately, there there's some things that are just simply out of your control, no matter how hard you try. As you mentioned, like there was an economic crisis, so it made things very, very difficult. He also mentions that his bosses weren't the best at business. So in, in a time of financial and economic crisis, I guess that's really when, you know, you've really got to make your decision. Like, am I going to invest more time in here and, and maybe be struggling? Or should I try and outsource my talent to someone who's already got quite a large name for themselves and are able to put me into a financial place of stability, which he very much deserves. Uh, brilliant art, like you say. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and if you guys like his art and you enjoy this interview, go out and buy the comic. It comes out July 17th. There's going to be four issues total in this first run, and they're going to tell two two-part stories. I'm looking forward to it. There's already artwork out there of like the covers and uh, a full page uh, showing the exploits of uh, Gordon and Ed. So it's looking great by all accounts, and it's written by one of the writers of the show, David A. Goodman, who's written some great episodes. So by all accounts, it's in great hands, and I'm really, really anticipating this. I can't. I'm hyped that it's only three weeks away. Yeah, you know what? Um, like, like I already mentioned, I'm not a huge comic book guy, but you know, my love for the Orville is definitely gonna be making me pick up uh, definitely at least a copy of this. I may just buy you know two or three just to support the cause, and yeah. so much work put into these. I'm really looking forward to it, and we're going to do uh, a review of each book as it comes out over the summer to help, uh, you know, quell the off-season. And what's great is, for you guys that are hurting for more Orville content, you know, kind of like killing a hangover with another beer is <laughs> is the, end of the, the comic now, where you can just kind of, like, get that Orville fix in the comic form, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I love that, just, like, the, the yeah, killing a hangover accurate. with a beer. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. totally. Um, yeah, yeah. warning, the Red Bocker does not, not endorse <laughs> drinking of hangovers repeatedly. Uh, but uh, anyways, moving on, we have another question here. Uh, it's uh, I, I thought of this one. It's, uh, do you plan on going to any comic book conventions? We'd love to see you at Fan Expo Toronto and get some stuff signed. And he replied, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to, and I know I will do it at some point, but not in the foreseeable future. At least I'm not planning it for now. 
I've just started and that worries me a bit because I know it's not easy to enter the comic book industry, but probably is hard to keep working on it. So I like to go in the future and in, ca in the case that I start uh, really making it as a pro and make a living off of it. And there's the fact that I'm struggling with every drawing. I'm not the kind of artist that draws directly out of their heads. I, I always need a lot of references. So I don't see myself at any point sitting in any artist alley, but I'm sure that'll all arrive at a, to a good level at some point to consider going to a con. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people like conventions. This is obviously me, not him talking right now that have less work under their belt than he does. I mean, this Orville series, that's a good credit, but good for him for just say, not relying on one thing. He wants to be better and better and get uh, more under his belt before he starts playing the conventions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, all that being said, I, I definitely would love to go pop in and say hello and, you know, chat shit and get like a signed copy of something from him. So I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that uh, <laughs> he doesn't plan on coming to the expo. But at the same time, like... You know, you have to really applaud him um, in the case of not just being like, okay, I I've worked on this, like, come get my autograph. You know what yeah. I mean? He wants to really pour his heart and soul into it. He wants to have, like, a large collection of, of work that he's done. Um, and I think that's a very humble thing to do. I feel like a lot of people would be very quick to capitalize on, you know, having done, um, you know, few large things. Um, so... All I can really say about this is I can't wait to see where his career goes after this. Obviously, working with um, Dark Horse, Dark, I think I was like struggling for that. Dark Horse tends to do a lot of like movie and TV titles, like Alien and Predator, and uh, you know they even have a Witcher comic series too. Okay, so so this is really interesting. So if they're already you know like they're doing quite well for themselves, he's a new artist for the company. You know, I'm hoping that the Orville comics go swimmingly. And in which case, hopefully he'll get, you know, contracted to do more projects and he'll get to expand a little bit and then we'll see him at a con. Yeah, exactly. This is a, another question that I thought of. It was uh, in honor of the weirdest ship in the fleet. What is the weirdest thing you've ever been commissioned to draw? And David's from Spain. So he answers with uh, a bullfighter. But that's not weird living in Spain, I guess. Oh, well, I would be trying to throw us off. And in this like Ed Gordon adventure, they get involved in like some kind of space bullfight. That's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> I wonder if Orange is close enough to Red that the bull would chase him down, or maybe it's a space bull that goes after Orange instead of Red. <laughs> Wait and find out, guys. It's only like three weeks away. Yeah, man, I I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. And, you know, depending on how fast I edit this, maybe, uh, you know, two weeks away. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we'll see. So uh, another question we both kind of thought of was, uh, what was the biggest challenge in drawing the Orville so far? Drawing the ship in different angles couldn't have been easy. And uh, David replied, the most difficult part is, to, is keeping the likenesses of the actors, and not only in different angles, but uh, always. It's hard to keep it consistent. And he says the ship is, is difficult, but there's a lot of reference for it, even in 3D. And it's quite challenging to draw things that you have to design as they're not on the TV show, though very interesting. I didn't think about that, because if they say, hey, uh, draw this new alien species, I mean, he's basically creating it. He's like a co-creator of it at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like a really good little snippet of information there, guys. To the keen listener, you probably would have picked up on that. When he says that, uh, and it's quite challenging to draw things that you have to design as they're not on the TV show, though very interesting, that means we're going to get to see some great new stuff mm. that we've never seen before. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I know I'm very excited to see if there's new alien races, um, species, whatever. There's new shuttles, there's maybe new... I'm hoping not new bridge crew, but um, new crew in general. It, it's really interesting. That means that, yeah, we're going to get some brand new, never be seen, never be seen, never seen before content. 
And that's the thing about comics. There's a lot of stuff that just cannot be replicated in movies or on TV screens. Like you've seen, obviously you've seen Marvel, the MCU, you've seen Thanos and stuff like that, but there's still like a lot of stuff that still to this day cannot be recreated on the screen properly. And uh, that's why comics, if you can imagine it, you can draw it, you know, it's, it's there for everyone to see. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when you, when you think about like 3d animation compared to like illustration, um, like they're both extremely difficult processes, uh, lengthy processes. But when you think about the the budget that's involved, if you wanted to do something extremely high end with a lot of CGI, a lot of this and that, you know, that that might blow your entire budget out of proportion. Um, like I know for some of our two part episodes that we've seen in season two, like we know, um, what was it? Identity part one and two, Matt, where Seth said that like he blew like an insane amount of money from the budget just to like have those episodes as he wanted them. I think it was uh, the road not taken the season two finale two part, but like still, I'm pretty sure they pushed the budget as well for that epic uh, sequence. No, you are right. It is it is the road not taken part one and two. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is like something where it comes to comic books that you don't have to animate, you know, all this crazy stuff, you don't need to have, you know, 24 point whatever frames in every single second. So if we can like have a really good illustrator, which, which we do, um, working on the team, um, then, you know, it, it adds a lot more for the imagination that doesn't have to go through such a lengthy process of, of like rendering, modeling, um, animating. So, I mean, yeah, like it's going to be super cool to see what, happens in these comic books and and you know it, it potentially could be things that were out of the budget to animate so who knows it could be really cool i mean it's going to be really cool um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah fingers crossed we go to yoffit's own planet but uh who knows who knows <laughs> i'd love that so in continuing with a, a similar question we asked which alien species is the hardest to bring from the screen to the comic book page and Ben kind of uh, guessed this, and uh, David answers with Mocklins. The shape of their heads are, are, is weird, and they have those weird kind of ram horn horns. And then there's the expressions of, of their eyes. It's always surrounded by dark because of the prominent eyebrow volumes. And he says it's not easy. You know what? I prefer to draw Mocklin than drawing Scott Grimes. He's difficult to portray, apparently. So there you go. Scott Grimes has got a hard face to draw. More, more difficult <laughs> than the, the alien uh, aliens. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, see, I, I think that's super cool. I mean, yeah, like Matt and I were both kind of under the impression that Mocklins would be like the most difficult, especially because Bordis is a bridge crew member. So he's going to have to be in uh, He's going to have to be in illustrated there. frequently. Plus, um, and uh, yeah, Clyden as well. Clyden, yeah. yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Uh, and they have very unique kind of ridges, um, somewhat similar to the Klingons. And that like that, that cannot be easy. But I think it's so funny that of all the people that he's drawing, um, <laughs> Scott Grimes. I mean, yeah, that, of course, is Gordon. Uh, I can't even imagine, like, I don't know if it's like the beard or like the face. Trying to get his likeness, I guess, must be difficult. And I didn't even think about drawing that. It's like you're not just drawing any characters. Like these are actual people playing the role. So you have to be able to draw what they look like because everyone sees them on screen and they're going to know if they don't look right. Yeah, like it would be different if, say, this was 20, 30 years ago and the Orville, instead of being a television program, if it was like a series of novels or something like that, because then he would kind of have very rough like outlines of, you know, oh, this character has like has orange hair and like a kind of beard and and he would have the freedom to kind of draw it as he sees it. But instead, he has, like, very specific guidelines to follow. It's like, it has to look like Scott Grimes, like this man. Not any person with, like, these features, but this exact individual. If that twinkle in his eyes not there, I don't know who that is. That's a stranger to me. On the <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> oh my god. So what are our next questions here? Uh, myself being a big Star Trek fan, um, all of you guys probably know that. Um, all you guys also probably know, hopefully, that Star Trek had an animated series. It only ran for two seasons. It was kind of oriented uh, towards children. Doesn't mean it isn't great, so check that out if you haven't. But anyway, I was thinking, I, I was very curious. I was like, if the Orville were to get an animated series such as Star Trek did, would you be interested in working on that project? To which he replies, yeah, like not as an animator. I don't feel like I have like the talent enough for it at this point. Um, but maybe a designer or consultant, I would probably like to do that. So I think that would be super duper cool. You know, with the comic coming out, like it kind of paves the way for an animated series. I don't know if it's too early into the Orville's um, lifespan at this point to start doing an animated series. We'd probably see that after the Orville finished its like main run. You know, we might see a spinoff. But I would very much like to see something kind of like a more adult-oriented cartoon of the Orville. That'd be great. Since she's such a fan of uh, anime and, and manga, I'd love to see an, an Orville anime. Imagine how badass that would be. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super cool. No, that'd be pretty sweet. And, you know, even to have him on as a consultant would be sweeter, just drawing the models. Because if the animated series just looked like the comic in motion, I'd be pumped. Yeah, that's, see, that's kind of what I envisioned. Um, and, like, yeah, I think it would be so cool to see something like that. From what I've seen of his, his illustration and his artwork for, like, the comic books, like, I think it's I think it's gorgeous. I would very much love to see an animated series, and I'd very much love to see him take part in it if, uh, you know, the opportunity arose for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get to the last couple of questions, I'd just like to say, if you guys like this kind of content from us, um, uh, like, subscribe, you know, comment, send us a tweet, and uh, ask us some questions. If you have any questions, just let us know on the Twitter at uh, the Redenbacher. And uh, if, if we get good feedback, we'll uh, look for more artists and more people in the show to interview. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I mean, I think it's been a lot of fun. It's it's really nice when you reach out to someone and they are, you know, available or willing to kind of take part and, you know, be interviewed. So I, I think it'd be really, really cool to get some other people who are involved in the Orville universe in for maybe even like an audio kind of uh, interview. I think that would be fantastic. Let us know what you guys think in the comments or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because if this is something you'd like to hear more of, this is something we'd like to do more of. Uh, and it would also be a great way to fill up the kind of dry season until exactly. season three comes along. So let us know. We, we'd really appreciate your guys' feedback. It would mean so much. Exactly. The show is by us for you. So, you know, let, let us know what we can do to improve it and uh, we'll do the best we can. Absolutely. So uh, this was another question I thought of. Uh, I was looking through his DeviantArt, and I said, uh, I've noticed you've drawn a lot of Marvel and DC superheroes. Is there one that you would really like to be an artist for more than the others? And he says, Batman. I love the look of the character since childhood, but it would be a huge responsibility. And it's true. Batman is one of the most iconic characters in, in pop fiction in general, let alone comics. He's an icon. He's had several movies to his name. I think he's had like six or seven. I think he might have been in like eight to ten movies actually by, by this point. So that's a massive character, and uh, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see da uh, David get to draw that character one of these days. I mean, there's so many different Batman comics out there that, uh, you know, it's not a long shot. It's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I myself, like I've said, uh, I'm not huge into comic books. Uh, unfortunately, I hope I don't get backlash. I'm not huge into superheroes either. It's just something I never really um, had much exposure to growing up. But yeah. that being said... Even I know how big of a deal like doing a Batman comic would be. 
Um, and it would be an enormous amount of pressure because you know what I was I was going to say when Matt was talking I was going to say yeah it'd be like drawing Superman or something but honestly Batman is so much more like prevalent in today's kind of pop culture than than Superman so I mean Batman is literally like the superhero I would say in a lot of ways yeah he like he really embodies mankind and I think it'd be great to see that or at least like a parody comic with like William Shatner as the Shatman or something going around. <laughs> <laughs> or or about the scat man, uh, you know, if we're going to get into scat. That's the musical portion of this interview. Uh, no. <laughs> so uh, our last question was, um, is we asked, we had to ask. We said, is there anything you can tease about the series for our eager listeners? And uh, he said, not much. My agreement with Fox and Dark Horse is clear about it. Oh, well, I always wait for David Goodman to tease things, uh, then I share them. Things like, we'll have more of a lot around these episodes, and I'm glad that we'll see new alien species, or that John is going to be very involved with the events of issues three and four. There will be surprises that will please fans, I believe. So, that right there is pretty good. So, if you guys want the inside scoop, definitely follow David A. Goodman there on Twitter, because it seems like he's got the inside scoop, and uh, David's doing what I would be doing, where I don't want to reveal too much, so I just kind of like would retweet the stuff that's already out there, so he can't get in trouble. That's a smart Absolutely, move for keeping yeah. your job. Yeah, he's keeps learned. the uh, NDA under under <laughs> compress. It's kind of like, oh my god, wait, like David A. Goodman, he he's put this out. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna like leak all my stuff now too. Like I'm gonna post all my <laughs> stuff. It's good to go. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's really, really exciting news. Um, I'm very happy to hear that Alara will be quite um, quite involved in these episodes, uh, sorry, in these comics. And it's also super cool that um, Lamar is going to be heavily involved in issues three and four. I believe not that long ago, Matthew and I were talking about how, um, like, like Lamar, he, he didn't get, like, a lot of spotlight but yeah. when he did, he he was phenomenal. His character, his acting, like the entirety of John Lamar, absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait to see what the writers um, come up with for issues three and four. And I'd like to applaud Lamar, his character. I like that Lamar got like a lot more to do in the season two finale. I feel like he really did help the crew. But no, I really want to see him get more of a role. And uh, I just like Jay Lee in general. I think his charisma is very infectious. So I'm excited to see him in comic book form and uh, seeing more of him would be great. I know, I think it was the cover for issue three there showed the engineering there. We got to see Dan and uh, my boy Yafit there in, uh, in uh, you know, 2D glory there, which is nice. We haven't seen that since the uh, season one there. So I'm, ex- I'm excited uh, for this comic. And I uh, just want to say thanks again to David Cabeza for doing this interview. He definitely didn't have to, but uh, he threw us a, uh, threw us a rope and uh, did this interview and it was great. I had a lot of fun thinking of these questions. It was great getting to know more about him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would like to second that thank you. Um, you know, it means so much. It, it's just so nice to hear from people that are actually involved. Um, and, and we obviously know that David's, like, very busy. He's, like, busy illustrating these issues and everything. And it just means so much that he would take the time out of his very busy schedule and, you know, kind of shoot the shit, if I may, um, mm. back and forth with us. Yeah, so just like a huge, huge, huge thank you. Uh, it was so much fun, like Matt said, coming up with the questions. Uh, I was very excited to read his replies. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for uh, checking out the podcast, guys. And definitely go and follow him on Twitter. Again, like I said, David Cabeza at Kishino Rai. K-A-S-H-I-N-O-R-E-I. And from there, you can find a lot of his other artwork to his Instagram. I'm pretty sure his Instagram handle is the same, but... Uh, a lot of great stuff there. His superhero drawings are really impressive, especially to me. Like uh, his Scarlet Witch and the other ones he's drawn are, are amazing. So go check him out. Yeah, guys. 
uh, I'd just like to mention too, uh, I've started a gaming podcast with uh, Ben's roommate, Alan, and uh, we've, we cover all things gaming. So if you like video games, uh, definitely come check out the Green Potion podcast. We're on YouTube as well and Twitter. All the places, just type in Green Potion podcast or Green Potion pod, you should find us. Do it up, guys. They talk about some really interesting content. You know, I, I would, uh, I'd love to know that you guys like hearing from me and Matt. And if you like hearing from Matt, you can hear more from Matt. And you can be introduced to Alan. Quite exactly. a character. Exactly. You can beat uh, the whole family there. And with that, from Outer Space to the comic book page, this was the Redenbacher. Thanks for listening. <laughs>